welcome back to the Committed Football Guys podcast. The Super Bowl is now behind us, and we are now officially in the offseason. The offseason can feel like a time to take a break, but in reality, this is a crucial time to improve your rosters and make important moves to hopefully win a championship come December. Trading is one of our favorite parts of Dynasty, so today we're going to talk about the prices of different players across the league, and then review trades in the fan favorite, Fair or Fleece. How are we doing today, boys? I'm doing well. I'm about to have a week off of work for spring break. Going to be doing some deep cleaning of the house, maybe some rearranging. And so looking forward to it. It's going to be some nice time to relax, but also get some important things done that you can't really take care of on the weekends. Very nice. So for me, uh, next week is going to be actually pretty crazy. I have, I'm an intern at the uh, ULBCM and next week is like our big major fundraiser. So Monday and Tuesday, I'm basically going to be doing just cleaning of the building and setting up for all that. And then the the following day, I have to wake up early and, and head back home to, to Shreveport to try to get my vehicle fixed. I got sideswiped by, this was, this happened like last month. I got sideswiped at a gas station uh, on my way back home from Shreveport. And so got to get that bumper fixed because because uh, they messed it up. But uh, but yeah, glad to to get it fixed finally because it's been kind of like sticking out. Dude, that's always the worst. Just car issues. I, I feel like life can be going really well and then oh, boom, car issues. And you're yeah, having for real. to deal with all that. But yeah, I'm doing well. Um, I am back from New York. I missed y'all last week. Um, I had too. a magical time up there. I ate a lot of pizza. I got to see Hamilton. I uh, went to the Met. So I was actually there for the Believers in Business Conference, and I learned a lot. This is also a good time to say that we are Christ followers on this podcast. So right. if you ever need prayer or anything like that, we are available for that as well. But yeah, so I'll go ahead and introduce our new segment. So this new segment we like to call Price Check, okay? So we're going to be introducing... Uh, today where we will be discussing the dynasty prices of different players across the league like Colby said uh, so most of these players were not featured in any of our top 10 rankings the first one uh, coincidentally is but uh, if you haven't heard our top 10 rankings you really should take your time go back and listen to them because I think and I think the boys would agree that they're great and we did a great job with them uh, but kicking off uh, we're kind of discussing this as far as a 12-team super flex league just to keep things simple and keep it rolling uh, so that we don't have to switch things up as far as like, oh, well, how would you value him in a 10-team one quarter? You know, any of that stuff. So the first player, I'll go ahead and kick us off with Kyle Pitts. Now, uh, we talked about him whenever we talked about tight ends, that he is, if you can buy him low, is a perfect buy low. But truthfully... If you if you're an owner that has pitch, you're likely going to just hold on to him. And if you're trying to get him, you're probably still going to have to pay up to get Pitts. I think he's close to a two first type of player. I don't know if I would personally pay that. You know, I talked about how much I love picks and everything like that. And I do think he is still a little bit of a risk for another year or two before he gets to that, you know, breakout tight end age but if you believe in what the falcons are doing and and if they improve at quarterback then you know maybe you want to pay up for him i personally would feel more comfortable with like 
a first and a second. But then if we get into like the players portion as, as far as like who what kind of players want to trade, I, I'd be, feel more comfortable trading a younger tight end for another young tight end. So looking at, you know, just some of the popular names, I think Isaiah likely in a first for Kyle Pitts. You know, I don't know if that that moves the needle enough for it. If you're able to get that done, I think that's a slam dunk. I think Dulcich, even though, you know, Dulcich is is a really good talent. We all like him. I think that you can probably, you know, with all the steam coming off of him, I still think I would much rather have Pitts like by a lot. And so if you can make that move and tear up uh, with Dulcich and, you know, a couple picks or something like that, then I think that that would be a slam dunk. What do you guys think? I think when you are comparing guys like Pitts and Dulcich and likely all guys who are around the same age, it really comes down to ceiling. And so if you say, well, Greg Dulcich, his ceiling is tight end six for me. You know, he'll never crack the top five. Or for likely, you'll hesitate because of Mark Andrews, obviously. And I think it just depends on what that other asset or other assets are going to be to put it over the edge. Because like you said, if you have pits, you don't want to sell low. You want to believe that the Falcons will improve at quarterback, even if it's Ritter. You have to imagine that he can start approaching his rookie season again and then exceed that as he gets older. I agree. Um, So if I have pits, I'm making it very clear I'm not selling him. I want to keep him. He's 22 I think he's like 22 and four months or something like that. You know, tight ends play forever. I still believe in the talent. I would definitely acquire him. If he was available and someone was like, uh, Pitts is on the block. I'm doing whatever I can to figure out a way to do this. He's not necessarily a, by any means necessary. So if you're saying I want two early first for him, I'm probably not going to do that, but I would be willing to trade, you know, a combination of like Andrews and a second or something like that. Yeah. I would, I wouldn't mind doing that. There, I noticed, I've noticed that TJ Hawkinson is getting a lot of steam lately. He had a great mm. year. I understand why. So, but if you could do TJ Hawkinson the third, something like that to get Kyle Pitts, I would personally do yeah. that. Um, now, I think another interesting one is Travis Kelsey. Obviously, right. he's he's going to score a million points in the next two years. He is 33 and, you know, getting down, getting 11 years out of, you know, that 11 year difference. I think it's a big deal. But yeah, I, I think if you're if you're getting rid of Kelsey, you can probably get Kyle Pitts plus a second or even a first. I think that's probably nah, that's probably unlikely. But, you know, I think you get Kyle Pitts in a second. I would do that trade. Yeah, for I sure. Think. And I think if but, you say like a contender has Pitts. And you have like a Kelsey or a Hawkinson, like you said, like, uh, or even I don't know, if, I don't know if they would go for Kittle just because of his history, but you know, just looking at one of those guys that's like, okay, super well established, has had like a couple of really, really good years. Maybe you can, you know, convince them to to get you Pitts by trading one of those guys. I, I like I said, I'd feel comfortable. Uh, like I agree with you, Colby. Like I'd feel comfortable trading a Kelsey or a Hawkinson for Pitts because you you may be able to get. Pitts plus something potentially if uh, if the contender is desperate enough. Yeah, even a guy like Goddard, who I really like Goddard. I think he's a really great talent, and he's connected to a great offense. But I think it's probably worth it to move off him to Pitts if you can. For sure. But if I'm just 
trying to acquire him straight up picks. A first and a second, I think, is a great start. Now, I think in a year or so, a first and a second will be like scoffed at because I do think he'll have another good year. So this is probably your time to buy him if you want to. Yeah. Come back to this if I'm wrong and just blast me, but hopefully I'm not. <laughs> so moving on to the next player is Aaron Rodgers. And I think we may be at the point where if you want to upgrade from Aaron Rodgers, you're probably going to have to do Aaron Rodgers in a pick for a player. Now, there are some players who I think, depending on team context, that you could get Aaron Rodgers or you could give them Aaron Rodgers and receive a quarterback in a pick. If I was just looking at picks, if you're lucky, you're looking at a, I think a late first and maybe a second, but that person has to really want Aaron Rodgers. I do think it depends on what he decides this off season, where he wants to play, assuming he will play. But if you wanted to go and get Daniel Jones in an early second, I think that could be done. Of course, Daniel Jones, we'll talk about a little bit later. It depends on his contract situation. I don't know what's going on with that. He's signing for $45 million a year last time I saw. That's that's <laughs> certainly what he wants. Uh, hey, but I, I, I blame him. <laughs> the reality, yeah, I, I'm signing for $45 million as well. I just want to <laughs> let that be known. But I do think there's serious concerns if you have Aaron Rodgers, I think you're you're feeling probably how Ezekiel Elliott managers feel. You have an asset that was really good for a long time, and you're seeing the the tides turn. You feel yourself going down the mountain. You're on the wrong side of it, and you can't stop. You can't get rid of this guy for something that you feel is appropriate. Right. But the reality is he's 39. He's coming off a quarterback 13 season. And I don't think history favors 40-year-olds getting better. So I, I, I'm concerned. But if you can somehow finagle a late first or a future first that someone doesn't care about, go for it. He's not a two-first quarterback anymore. Maybe a Daniel Jones or I don't know. If you want to try to get Jordan Love, you should go for it. Try to buy low on Trey Lance using Aaron Rodgers for, like Philly said, with Pitts. If there's a contender who has Lance – Maybe try to combo Lance in a, a, a mid-pick to see if you can flip that clock. I think if we all went away for a few days and just thought about this in a really dark room, <laughs> we would figure out why and like what we would pay for this guy. I hear that <laughs> works really well. But the only way, the only way you are going to take on Aaron Rodgers if you're on the cusp of winning. That's like pretty much the only way... I agree. Any type of scenario, you know, if you're a middling team, do not take on Aaron Rodgers. If your team is set up to win and you need another quarterback, that's the only reason you would ever do this. Yeah. So I disagree with Joel. I think that Aaron Rodgers is good enough to win an MVP next year. Like I, I think he's just that talented. That being said, I don't know where he's going to play. I don't think he knows where he's going to play. But the NFL is interesting. And if you can help us win... We will take you. I, I I really do think that the Jets, he could go to the Jets, he could go to the Raiders. Yeah. He'd go and he could stay with the Packers as well. I would not blame the Packers if they moved on from him because of all the shenanigans they put him through at this point. But I still think he can ball out. He didn't have a good year last year by his standards, but he was still QB thirteen. And I really do think he'll 
if he comes back and plays, he'll be even better. He wasn't really declining in his play. The offense was just not very good. Um, he yeah. still showed flashes. You know, if I'm a contender and I really need one, you know, one other quarterback, I'd be pretty comfortable giving two seconds for him. I think it's harder when you're talking about first, but like I probably, it's just, it's tough. A 23 first, a late 23 first is kind of the only way yeah, I agree. I would consider it. Cause if I had an early first, I would just take one of the quarterbacks available. Definitely. I do like the idea of taking Trey Lance and are trying to get Trey Lance, trying to get a, trying to get a Dak Prescott, even um, that type of these guys that are kind of on the decline um, value wise. Yeah. Or lower. Uh, we're doing a dynasty auction draft right now. We're kind of in the middle of one. And it's just crazy how cheap Dak went. His perceived value is just really low right now. And I think yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, I think I was I was thinking of Dak as well. Like if you if you do have an Aaron or if you do have an Aaron Rodgers and you're trying to move off of him, like, you know, kind of resetting the clock a little bit. It's not a, a steep one, but I mean, I think it is what a 10 year difference between those two. I think Dak's I think 29. Dak 30. 30. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that is a big difference. Even if Dak doesn't perform super great in the playoffs or, you know, whatever, he's still, I mean, I don't remember where he finished this year, but I'm pretty sure as far as like a points per game basis, he was still pretty solid. So if you can get that back, that would be great. But anyway, on, on Rogers himself, I'm kind of with Colby on this. I, I do like, I do think Aaron Rodgers has a much better season next year than he does this year. I think, I think ultimately he does go to the Jets just because of, you know, they hired Nathaniel Hackett. They have a really young, talented wide receiver in Garrett Wilson. And they're, they're a team that's building something and they're perceived to be a team that's, you know, quarterback away. And I think, you know, if you're that team, that's just a quarterback away. If you can get him for a decent price without having to give up any players, I would much rather do that. I would not like to give up a player in order unless it's, you know, like a a middling wide receiver or you know, I don't know. Some somebody that's uh somebody that doesn't have like a super ton of value that you're just kind of thrown in and the other team is hoping that they get something. DJ Chark. You know? Yeah, yeah. Know. Something something like that. Tyler something, Boyd's Zay Jones. Right. Just something something that's like, okay, this or or even like a younger guy, like a Terrace Marshall, uh, who we talked about oh, yeah. on, the, on the pod last time. Like if if that person thinks that they can, you know, explode, then you save another pick by getting the guy who, granted, Joel and I both agree that Terrace could be a potential flex option, but still he's he's a very big question mark. So anyway, I, I agree with Colby. I do think that he's got at least another year, maybe two of like high level quarterback play before we really start to see him like decline massively. Cause the thing is, is he, he doesn't really struggle with injuries, which you see from, from guys. But if he gets to that Brady level that we saw this year of where Brady just did not want to get hit, then that's where it's worrisome. He did throw a career high interceptions, which is only 12 this year. I do think if you have Rogers, this is the last thing I'll touch on about that. If you have Rogers, don't move him until he makes his decision. And then you hope he goes to the jets or the Raiders his value is going to – I think he'll be fine if he isn't in Green Bay. If he stays in Green Bay, I don't like it. There's just nothing for him there anymore. But the second Aaron Rodgers is either traded to the Jets or the Raiders, hopefully, that's when you pounce. Just throw him on the block, make a move. 
Yeah. So if you're trying to acquire him, try to acquire him now and just hope, you know. Next player, we got kind of a player that I'm interested to see what happens in their career in general. But Derek Carr. Derek Carr, obviously, he had nine years with the Raiders, eight years, whatever it was. And he had close to an MVP season one year, but he has been up and down his whole career. And he's, I think he's 31. Is that correct? 32 around that age? Pretty sure. Um, and, you know, I, 31. I'm looking to acquire him, to be honest. And I'm looking to acquire him now. Because if I need a quarterback, he's 31 years old. That is not old for quarterbacks. It's just not. People, you, you, we just talked about Aaron Rodgers for five, 10 minutes, and he's like 39 years old. Obviously, he's kind of a, one of the like best of all time. And so I understand that there's context there, but Derek Carr can still sling it. And I do think he's going to get a chance somewhere. I would love if he went to New Orleans. I think his value would be pretty good. I think the perceived value of Derek Carr right now is so low. You can you could throw an early second for him, two seconds for him, um, maybe even a late first. Like I, I think that's worth it. I definitely think that's worth it. Yeah, I uh, you know with Carr as a Saints fan, it's kind of like it's. I, I agree with you. It's like his value does probably go up, but at the same time, I hated everything that the Saints were doing on offense last year, and so that does concern me. But you have Chris Olave, you have Juwan Johnson. You have some some nice little pieces, Shaheen there. And all that being said, I, I think Carr was just in a tough spot in Vegas. And I think that the the organization and him were just continuously butting heads. And so I do think a change of scenery will be good for him. So I, I think it's down to the Saints, the Panthers, and the Jets. If he goes to the Jets, I think that might be best case scenario. The Panthers, Jets are just so stacked right now. Right, you know, like if they go there, like say what you will about Hackett as a head coach, but as a as an offensive coordinator, granted he was working with Aaron Rodgers, he was still pretty good. Like, and the offense looked way worse this year without him in Green Bay. But the Panthers would be interesting, you know. I I don't love that, but they are like an up and coming team, and the Saints seem to be more middling than anything. But you know, I do think acquiring him right now would probably be better than uh kind of like rogers better than whenever he signs because that's just gonna up his value like no matter what I, I think no matter where he goes his value will will go up so if you're trying to acquire him i would try to acquire him now i agree with basically the price that that colby laid out there yeah as a car manager i'm waiting and i'm yeah. just gonna i'm hoping i'd love to get a first the reality is is i got him for a massive discount. I got him for a second, a third and Darius Slayton. And I'm just, the second he signs somewhere, I think I can get a first and then I'll just hope and pray that it's not the 12th pick. You know, it would just be super convenient for whoever takes on that, that player and gives me the first that they just don't perform and have a, an off year and I can get a top 10 pick. That'd be awesome. Um, but I, I do, I agree with what you guys are saying. A change of scenery will be good for him. I think all the places that he's being linked to have good perceived value for him, an uptick in value. And also they most of the places have younger assets that are on that are not only good now, but are expected to continue getting better. 
I could see I could see a first for Carr, like if he goes to somewhere really good. But I think you that's not like the baseline, if that makes sense. Like I think what Colby laid out is more of the baseline, but potentially if a team's desperate enough, I think you could get a first out of him uh, or for him. All right, I guess I'll go ahead and move on to our next player, which is a very interesting one. We, I think all of us, we love watching him. Uh, we kind of say that he runs like the, uh, the, like when you get the star in Mario. Uh, and that is Isaiah <laughs> Pacheco. He is like, he is one of those running backs that just runs like his life depends on it. And he's so fun to watch and super fast as well. Like he's not just like, uh, he's like a little bruiser. It's, it's interesting. He's got an interesting value right now, though, because he's coming off a of Super Bowl where he played pretty well in. Uh, I mean, they didn't throw the ball a whole lot. They ran the ball, and they ran pretty well with Pacheco. But still, if you're looking at dynasty lists, like I'm looking at one right now on a website, and he's ranked in dynasty as running back 30 behind like Brian Robinson, uh, David Montgomery, A.J. Dillon, and, and uh, other players like that. Truthfully, I I would love to acquire Pacheco because I I know that like the whole thing is like okay he's got you know he doesn't have great draft capital and all this stuff but like to me and and maybe I'm wrong on this but like to me even if a guy has like bad draft capital that doesn't mean that the team is just like oh well, we can't play him anymore because we drafted him so late like. I think Pacheco has proven himself to be a very capable and very good running back in the system. And so I, I don't see them necessarily just moving on or or drafting another running back because he was drafted in the seventh round. He's super cheap. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, look at the Saints with Marcus Colson all those years. You know, Colson had like one of the worst. Was he undrafted? Like, wasn't he a six, sixth or seventh round pick or undrafted or something like that, Joel? Colson was one of the last picks of the draft. Yeah. And he had like an insane career. Now, granted, that's like one guy, but I do think that when you go, when you step onto the field like Pacheco did this year and play as well as he did, and basically overtake that backfield, I think that's really impressive. I, I would be, I, I think trading a late first this year would be would be great value for him. If you have like a really old running back that you want to kind of move off on, uh, we'll talk about Zeke later. But if you can move, you know, move Zeke for Pacheco, maybe even Pacheco plus, I think that that would be a really solid move. It's interesting. Um, but it, it, it's weird because I think everyone in the community thinks Pacheco is really good but then they always bring up like the draft capital and stuff. And so like his, his value is perceived to be very low, but I would love to buy him if I could. Unfortunately, most leagues that I'm in uh, a chiefs fan owns him. So it's kind of tough to get it, get him from him. But uh, what do you guys think? Cause I think he's got such interesting value. He, he does have really interesting value. I agree. I think his fantasy upside is limited. Currently, he only had 14 targets, 13 catches. That's obviously very efficient, but he's not really adding much to his value in terms of the passing game. And I do think the Chiefs declining Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's fifth-year option was very telling. It wasn't a surprise, but it was just... He stinks. 
He yeah, does. he stinks. But it was a good it was a good sign for Pacheco, and I agree with what you're saying that people kind of overdo it on the draft capital aspect. I understand that he's going to be very easy to replace money wise, but you can't bank on every player you draft or bring in simply being better because of they cost more. Right. And you don't personally, I don't think you have an obligation to play someone if you're paying them because you're going to, you need to play the best players. And is that, is that just too much of a simplicity, simple thing to do? I don't know. I understand like, Deshaun Watson isn't getting benched. He's getting paid right. hundreds of millions of dollars, fully guaranteed. There's no way he doesn't get the money. At some point, you have to say we're gonna we have to play him no matter what it looks like. But I think with a player like Pacheco, he came out and he did really well. Running back 30 feels pretty low, but I also don't know if I would put him top 20. And I, I think, think he's top 25 to me. I'd, I'd go there. Yeah. I'd go there. I'm unless you overpay, I don't think you're getting Pacheco. Now, what you said about older running backs, where does that line get drawn for you? Would you if you have Dalvin Cook, would you send Dalvin Cook for Pacheco and a middle first? 106 or a future middle first? Depends on my team context, but potentially. I mean, a middle first, like you're looking at a really solid wide receiver depending on on how everything falls and Pacheco who I think is is pretty solid but I do think Dalvin Cook's obviously still super talented in this on this ranking that I'm looking at they had Dalvin Cook as as running back 17 in dynasty which I think is a little low but I don't know that's tough what do you think Colby I think Pacheco is undervalued just basically on the K on the sense of RB 30 is way too low. I would, I would have him over James cook, like those type, that type of running back oh, yeah. Tyler Azier, who is ranked above him. But in, but then you go to keep trade cut, which is more of a community based. And I know that it's not the best, but people, a lot of people aren't keep trade cut and he's RB 19 and he's ahead of Dalvin cook and he's ahead of Joe Mixon. He's ahead of James cook and he's being valued more or less basically than an early second. And I would definitely trade an early second for him, like a 201, 202. I'm sending it away. Um, I want Pacheco. I think he's a really good player. I think the whole thing with the draft capital and the context of that, I think it, I think it can be team-based because you look at the Chiefs and they spent you know, really high draft capital on a player that honestly just really disappointed, he stinks. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And I know we're LSU guys. It sucks that, but he's just too small. He can't run through the tackles. Yeah. He doesn't run hard. It was a horrible pick. It was a horrible draft selection. And I think they're, they got burned. And I think that the team context does matter in that. They have Pacheco now. And even though he was a seventh round pick or whatever he was, he's running really well. He's kind of, the hometown hero, I guess you could say, like Super Bowl wise, yeah. he had a great Super Bowl. Um, if the cost is an early second, I'm definitely sending him away, or or no, excuse me, I'm definitely acquiring him. That being said, if I'd also tear up from him, I'm I'm usually yeah. a tear down guy, but I would love to take him in a second 
and give me someone like J.K. Dobbins or give me someone like Swift. Um, yeah, Swift or Chubb or, you know, maybe even a Najee Harris I think you could pull off because I think Najee Harris' perceived value is really low even though he's really productive. I think he's a good guy to use to tear up because I think he's undervalued. But at the same time, if you can get a guy, I know this might be kind of a, a shot in the dark, but if you could somehow land a Javante Williams with him, if you add like a really good pick, I, I'm willing to do that. Yeah, definitely willing to do that. Pollard, maybe. So kind of those guys in that range. If you're a Pierce guy, I'm not necessarily a Pierce guy because that offense is going to be horrible, and I do think he might get replaced. But yeah, you know, I just that type of thing. Or if you really want to win, maybe like just trading him, trading him straight up for Derrick Henry goes kind of it goes against everything I believe, but it might be worth it. What about Derrick Henry, Colby? Was he worth? I'm saying if you're using Pacheco and maybe a one. Would you go for Henry? Pacheco and a one? No, I would not. I, I would do it straight up because Derrick Henry, while he's an, obviously an elite player right now, I think a one and Pacheco is a little too much. That's just, that's just that. my, yeah. I, my I evaluation. I think, now, I think we get one, two if you're lucky. I think you get one or two more elite years of Henry before we see really – Maybe not even the talent going away, but the usage rate going away. Yeah. Because I yeah. think the Titans are pretty close to a rebuild, and he's just not – he's simply not going to be involved in that. No. He's probably, what, 28, 29? 28, yeah. So I'm going to start talking about Drake London. I think Drake London will benefit this year. Hopefully he stays healthy as well. But I think a quality player in a first – can get him right now. Maybe you'll have to add in another pick like a second, but I'm just going to throw out some names to pair with a first to go and get him. Mm -hmm. Some are probably a slight underpay. Some are probably an overpay, but Mike Williams, DJ Moore, Keenan Allen, Hollywood Brown, Kadarius Tony and Terry McLaurin. I think if you see Drake London as a just outside the top 10 player, I think those guys in a first could bring him in for you. Personally, I'm going, I'm trying to utilize Kadarius Tony's perceived value going up this offseason in picks to try to go and get Drake London in a league, just because I think London has a higher upside based on volume. I don't think Kadarius Tony will ever be a volume player. I think he'll be more of a specialized usage player, which could be good for him. It could result in more touchdowns because it's specifically designed for him. But he doesn't run. I'm not going to see him running many just like normal routes. But back to Drake London, I think you get a quality player and a first, and that's that's definitely getting your foot in the door. It just depends on the the owner you're working with and where they see him. Yeah, Drake London is huge buy. I totally agree. I think he's a perfect player to tear up into. And also, if you really want to get off a player, he's a good tear down guy, um, in my opinion, just because yeah. he's just really ranked kind of in the middle of the elite wide receivers or the perceived elite wide receivers that are young. 
So guys around him are like Stefan Diggs, um, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams. So we're talking about these older guys that are around him. So Jamison Williams is ranked really close to him. Dude, give me Drake London over Jamison Williams like any day of the week right now. Just in my just my personal opinion. Um, I like him better than Traylon Burks as well. I really like London. If you can add a second to with one of those, not maybe, maybe not one of those players, because uh, I think they're too too similar. Maybe even like a Debo Samuel. If you can do Debo Samuel for Drake London, I really like that. I like him better than Michael Pittman. I just think he's a really good player. He has the physical tools to really burst on the scene. I know he shares targets with Pitts, but I don't think that's a huge deal. The only problem with him is Arthur Smith is his head coach, and that is an issue. <laughs> just to, establish the run. Yeah, in general. But if you have 105 or later, I'm definitely taking him. Like I, I want I want London. That's that's assuming that Gibbs goes though, because or I would like I probably would take Gibbs over London. But what about Anthony Richardson? I'm taking I'm taking London over Richardson as of right now. Well, I think you could also really capitalize on someone wanting to jump up into that fifth spot to get the QB or Gibbs because if you're at five and the th- and Bijan and three quarterbacks go, if they love that fourth quarterback then you could be in a good spot. But I think Drake London will be fine. In week 18, he had a career-high 120 yards, and that was with Desmond Ritter throwing in the ball. So we could see more of that next season should they choose to roll with Ritter. I think he'll be fine uh, with Ritter. And then obviously if they move off of Ritter, you would have to assume it would be an upgrade. Yeah. And the thing is with London, I, I agree. He's a great buy low. I don't think I've seen anything of him that's like, oh, this is a concerning thing that he's doing. Like he he stayed on the field the whole time. I mean, if you look at his snap percentage, it's pretty much all in the 80s or 70s. So, I mean, I'm not worried about it. I think I think the offense will improve and he still is getting targets. You know, he went through a little stretch where he you know, they, there was really just two games, like these random two-game stretches where he'd get like four targets, one target, three targets, four targets, but then everything else is is five and above, which you want to see from a wide receiver one. So I agree. London's a great uh, buy low, and, and I agree with basically everything y'all are saying as far as like if you can get perceived value for uh, for him, I would much rather do that. All right. Moving on to our next player, we got really fun player, Deontay Johnson. What do y'all think? I agree that he's fun. <laughs> I like him. Yeah, Deontay, I mean, he, it's interesting because like he basically made a career of, uh, of getting these short passes from Big Ben, it seems like. And he was, he was fine last year with Pickett, but... I mean, basically, the reports are he's out, right? Like he's not coming back to Pittsburgh. Um, he doesn't want to, but I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily true or not. Mm. If he will, yeah, it's kind of one of those things. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, to me, Deontay's a guy that I'm trying to move off of, truthfully. Same. Um, but if you can, if you really are like, hey, I believe in the talent. I believe that. He's going to go to a place where they're where they will utilize him 
et cetera, et cetera. I mean, his like you said, his value's super low. I think you can probably get him for a mid second and uh maybe a third or something like that, you know? Like I, I think he's not just not necessarily I mean, he may be straight up worth a second, but I think a, a second and maybe an extra pick on top of that, I think would probably get him for you. Uh, what do you guys think? We'll touch on this a little bit later in Fair Fleece, but me personally, he's 26. He was still wide receiver 30. He's been a top 10 receiver before. I'm betting on him not having zero touchdowns again. So I think that's where it will really come down to his season. His finish next year will be better than wide receiver 30 simply because he will score a touchdown. He will score any amount of touchdowns. It's not zero again. That's just, that's not bad talent. That's just how it, bad luck. I mean, you look at Miles Sanders two years ago, what he scored one and people were freaking like out. And this year he comes back and he was like running back 12 or something. So I'm just betting on scoring essentially. Yeah. Um, so I, he's a sell for me. That being said, I probably wouldn't sell him for a second. I'd keep him. Um, if you can get a late first for him, I think he's a sell, uh, kind of re-roll, get a younger guy. I actually, I really like Deontay, the talent, the situation is just not ideal. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and, and talk about a guy who we've kind of already touched on a little bit, but that is Kadarius Tony. Now, Tony is just a, a conundrum of a player, right? He had some issues within that New York organization, goes to the Chiefs, and in a small sample size, gets used um, fairly well as far as like has designed plays for him. That being said, I I do think that he's got potential uh, for that, but the problem is is that his value right now is probably at an all time high. Uh, in his career other than when he was coming out of college. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if you are trying to acquire him, the owner's probably going to try and, and fleece you for, for whatever. But I think, I think he's probably worth a second, truthfully, like a, a mid, maybe early second. Uh, if you, if you really are trying to acquire him, you know, like Joel said, I don't think that he's necessarily going to be, the next Tyreek Hill in terms of usage. You know, he's probably more so gadget player, a, a guy who, you know, his role will expand a little bit next year, but I don't think he'll ever be, you know, wide receiver, oh, the wide receiver one for that team. You know, there was a blurb on Sleeper that said him and Sky Moore are going to expect uh, bigger roles moving forward, but Kelsey's still like the number one target in that offense, and he will be until the wheels fall off essentially. So, uh, and, and Mahomes has shown he loves to spread the ball around. He will spread the ball around, especially this year. So, you know, if he can, if Tony can get around six targets a game, that would be awesome. I think because he's so dynamic, he can do something uh, with those six targets. And he's going to have some design plays, you know, some, he'll probably have a couple screens uh, every game, a jet sweep every game. And so, truthfully, I think you're hoping that he scores a touchdown. Um, because I don't think any 10 plus target weeks there, there's going to be few and far between truthfully. Uh, so yeah, if you, if you do want to acquire him, I think a second is realistic. What do you guys think? I think that he's a great best ball asset, but I wouldn't want him necessarily in a lineup league because you, you're going to get a 19 point week 
and then you're going to get it followed up by either an injury or two points. And that's just not worth it for me. And so, yeah, if if you're getting asked for a first, I, I would just go ahead and keep the first. Find someone else. Find someone else who maybe has a lower ceiling, but will give you more consistency. Yeah, he's overvalued. I'm not a Tony guy at all. I think it, he's a great talent, but just in the dynasty community, he is just really overvalued. Um, he is. I would I would take the early second over him. I would take the mid second over him. Or get into the late second. I can understand just taking a shot on Tony in that scenario. Um, I really do. But I don't hate Tony at all. It's just he has just kind of been kind of catapulted up into this tier that he has not shown the production to be in. Now, when he has the ball, he's dynamic and he's really good. He kind of reminds me of Chenault because after Chenault's first year, LaVisca, that is, he was kind of catapulted up into this tier that he probably shouldn't have been in. And obviously we know what happened with LaVisca. I do think Tony's probably a little better than him, but it, it's just if I have him and I can get an early second for him, I'm definitely sending him away. All right, Joel, who's our next player? Our next player is J.K. Dobbins. And this is a guy who, returning from his ACL injury, I mean, I don't really understand how he was doing it, but he looked really good numbers-wise. But when you watch the highlight runs, he's like, he's still hobbling. I, I didn't yeah. understand yeah. it. But he, weird. he said he was good. The team said he was good. J.K. himself said he was good. He was running really well. He he had big runs, but I, he was still limping. It was just very yeah. strange. It did get better uh, towards like the more he ran, just to be fair to him. But yeah, especially at first, like those first couple weeks, it was like okay, something's you know something's but up. Anyway, it's just but so anyway, strange because because he's breaking off a thirty yard run. You're like, man, JK's back, and you're like, what's what? What am I looking at right now? <laughs> But I think right now, if someone sends me JK for my 109 to 112, I'll probably take that. I'll probably take that. Multiple seconds. It's not exciting. But if you're looking to move off of a player who could potentially lose Lamar or a player who may be potentially still dealing with injury, I think you can do that. If you want to tear up, we've mentioned him uh, with the Pacheco trades, I, I agree with what Colby was saying there. And so I don't really – he's kind of in that – I don't want to call it a dead zone, but he's in a weird place. Right yeah, it's, now, it's kind of no man's land. And so it's hard to say tear up because if you tear up, you're, you're starting to teeter in that top 15. And if you say tear down, you're hoping that you get a good enough pick with a player who – a player you may not really care about. Like if someone sends me – Gibson, Antonio Gibson, and 110 for Dobbins. It's just kind of, I mean, I guess I take it because of the pick and hope Gibson can take over the backfield in some kind of way with Biennemi. I really don't know. Dobbins is in a really weird spot. I, I like Dobbins enough to take a risk on him. I do think that being on the Ravens helps because they just love to run the ball. Um, they're going to run him a lot, and they're, I think they're going to be dedicated to keeping him fresh using a guy like Gus Edwards or whoever's back there to give him an opportunity to stay fresh. So if you're a running back needy team, 
I would love to trade someone like McLaurin and a pick for him, maybe a Dotson. I really like Dotson, but if you really need a running back, um, I don't hate that move. Maybe a guy like Christian Kirk or a guy that we talked about recently, Deontay Johnson. These guys, I think J.K., well, I do agree that he looked kind of hobbly and weird towards the end of the last year, and I also own him in a few leagues, so I I definitely paid close attention to what he was doing because he was making me really worried. I think his value is lower than it ever has been and ever, you know, ever will be in the next year right now, at least hopefully. He could come out next year and just get hurt or he could disappoint. But if if it's a 111, 112, it, yeah, you can give me Dobbins. I'll take him. He's 24 years old. It's not that's not too bad. Um, just kidding. Obviously, that's pretty young. Um, <laughs> but I like him. I like him enough to to do that. Now, if it's like an early second, I'm definitely taking him. I think when you get to like 106, 107, I'm probably going to take the pick. Um, yeah. 108, I'd probably take the pick. Even like 109, I think I would. But when it gets to like 110, 112, I think that I'll, I'll take Dobbins. Yeah, I agree. Because those 106, 107, like you're getting the top one or two wide receivers in the draft. At eight, you might dip into that Zach Charbonnet territory. Uh, or if you want to take a swing on tight end at Michael Mayer, it's prob- that's where I see him go in a lot of mocks, which... Next episode, we will be doing our first rookie mock. Just want to throw that out there. But yeah, I think, I think, like you said, once you get to 110 past, that's whenever I'm like, for sure, like, yeah, I'll take Dobbins over, you know, potentially Josh Downs or Kayshawn Booty or, or whatever. All right. Rashad White or J.K. Dobbins? J.K. Dobbins for me. Dobbins. All right. Uh, Bateman or Dobbins? Dobbins. I don't really care about Bateman at all. Dang. I'm, I'm going with Bateman Dobbins. Slander. I'm going with Dobbins. I'm <laughs> I am also a Bateman owner. So I'm a little biased, but I will go with Dobbins just because like I don't know if Bateman is that like elite level talent of wide receiver. I think he may be more in like a he's a second tier wide receiver, which is fine because he's still very valuable in, in fantasy, in my opinion. Yeah. Ridley or Dobbins? Ooh, it's kind of an interesting one. That is interesting. I think, I go, I think I'd go Ridley. I think I'd go Ridley as well. I think Why I might win. I think I might lean Dobbins because in Jacksonville, unless they the volume is crazy, you have Ridley, you have Christian Kirk, you have Zay Jones, you have Evan Ingram being expected to be franchise tagged, and you have Travis Etienne in jones really i mean like yeah, I, he, he, was, he was he was wide receiver 26 last year 27 yeah and they're upgrading with like a top 10 talent in wide receiver like he's gonna get he's gonna get his like i don't i don't doubt that at all yeah i don't he's doubt it either these two no i i love calvin ridley i think he's a insane like you have to go buy him right now but i'm just saying Dobbins has less in the way of him getting the ball than Ridley does. So it's it's very close, but it's like a 51-49 Dobbins for me. Okay. Amari Cooper. I go Dobbins. I'd go Cooper there. All right, let's do a few more. This is fun. Joe Mixon. Dobbins. 
Dobbins because Mixon's team hates him. Yeah, yeah. I, saw I saw what he said. He's going to be off that team, it looks like. Dobbins still doesn't catch the ball much. Yeah. yeah. It caps his upside. He can score a lot of touchdowns, I agree, but he, he just doesn't do much of the pass catching. I know we're talking a whole lot about Dobbins, but like, if Lamar is gone, does that help Dobbins in no. terms of usage? I don't think depends so. on is it is he replaced with Huntley or is it do they bring someone else in? Bro, Huntley's a Pro Bowler. Of course they're going to replace him with Huntley. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tyler Algier or Dobbins? Dobbins not close. Dobbins, yeah. Cam Akers. Dobbins. They're very similar. They are. Um, I think they're similar as well. I'll go Dobbins. I mean, let me think. Because Cam I, Cam Akers looked good at one point. Looked last very year. good. But he's also another guy that doesn't really get targets that much. So I agree. It just kind of depends kinda... on. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying it just depends on kind of like, do you want Sean McVay or do you want whatever they got going on in, in Baltimore? They got a uh, Monken. Monken, right? I mean, yeah, they have Monken. I'm just saying like Sean McVay or Todd Monken, like, and I... Cam Akers is younger. They Cam both have... is younger. They both he's, had a major injury. He's not very efficient, though. And not that Dobbins is. But I think Cam, we only see big games when he gets a lot of carries. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, right, they cool. put 51 on the Broncos. So that was bad. All right. Speaking about a lot of carries and volume. <laughs> yeah. Next player is Najee Harris. Um, player I used to kind of hate on, but I'm coming around to him a little bit. What do y'all think? Which is interesting. I, I'm shocked I that you've kind of come around on him a little bit. What what made you change your mind? Because you, we've we've all called him. I mean, in our group chat, we have definitely bullied him. Jaggy, uh, Jaggy, <laughs> uh, Jag means just another guy. Uh, so Jaggy is is a popular nickname for him. So what what's made you change on him? He played better towards the end of last year, um, and he was more efficient than he ever has been. Um, I think the offense will improve. And just him being RB10 right now on keep trade cut, I just think that's low for the volume he's going to get. And the offense should improve under Pickett. I think I'd rather have him over, you know, the next running back on that list is like maybe not Austin Eckler. I probably, that's actually really hard. Would you rather have Austin Eckler or Najee Harris? It's it's tough. I probably would take Eckler. Yeah, maybe I agree. a Josh Jacobs. Like I think that, or Javante. Which I mean, that's kind of weird because he was hurt. But I just think he's undervalued right now in general. I would definitely send a first for him right now. Just right now, he's not a two first guy like we thought he would be, or definitely. he was at one point. But I think in the right situation. If you're trying to win, also, if you are just have a young nucleus, he's kind of a fun player to add because of all the touches he's going to get um, in Definitely. that offense. My concern with Najee is he's not elusive at all. So if he's not in the open field, whenever he comes into contact with that first defender, that's his run. He doesn't have much top-end speed, which isn't a surprise to anyone. We knew that. When Jalen Warren came in for the Steelers to spell Najee, he kind of looked electric. I don't think Jalen Warren will, will ever be a startable fantasy asset, but 
but I think he's going to start cutting into Najee's workload. And because Najee isn't very efficient, I could think that hurt that could hurt him moving forward. Now, I don't think Najee's in danger of losing his spot, but I am I am a little concerned about him moving forward. That's fair. His targets obviously went way down. He was he had 94 targets his rookie year. That's crazy. we predicted, by the way. We predicted that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, went down to 53, so essentially cut in half. But like Colby said, got much better as the year went on. And even though his snap percentage decreased from last year, you know, like like Joel said, he spelled him. Uh, Jalen Warren spelled him a lot. I still think I, I'm with you. I think a late first is worth it for him. I think, you know, I, I get what Joel's saying about the elusiveness thing, but the truth is, is that they had a guy in James Conner who kind of played similarly, and then they moved off of him, and and he exploded, you know, in Arizona. I think that Najee could just have that type of explosion in the Pittsburgh offense, not necessarily to that level as far as, like, you know, the insane touchdowns that Conner was scoring. But I do think that he will improve just because I think that offense will improve. And I think that they are going to want to start pushing the ball downfield more. And if they can do that, because, I mean, the offense with Big Ben – it was just so many checkdowns, checkdowns, checkdowns. So like everyone was was crowding the line. That hurts. That hurts a running back. You know, even if you're throwing nice. the ball forty times a game, if your average depth of the target is like five to seven yards, everyone's still up close to the line of scrimmage. So if they do spread the ball around more and throw it around more, I do think that that helps them out. So yeah, I I think at first, I think if you can use one of these perceived value guys, you know, like you said, like a Tyler Algier, like a uh, like a Pacheco, like someone else to to tear up for him, I think that you you should, you know, James Cook, you know, any of these guys that kind of had like a lot of buzz this year as rookies. Because like you said, the, the perceived value on, on Najee is, is very low, but he still finished as a top 15 running back in PPR. Tony in an early second or Najee? E- Najee easy. Like, it's Najee. not close. I, it's yeah. literally not close at all. Colby, I want to ask you, you just spoke really highly about your optimism toward the Steelers' offense this next season. Why are you so off of Deontay, if that's the case? Well, I'm not I'm not necessarily saying that they're going to be great, but I think that he's going to get the work no matter what, if that makes sense. And Deontay... He may not even be I there. Like, yeah, he might not even be there. Plus, even though I'm a Pickens hater, they are very committed to giving him the ball, or at least giving him targets. And then Firemuth is really good. Pickens is a dog, bro. Yeah, Pickens is a dog. I, 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 I'm a little bit of a hater, though. It's is what it is. All right, so That's Najee okay. Harris or Christian Watson? I'll take Watson there. I think I'll go. Najee. Sorry, sorry. I actually, I, I don't even know why I said that. I'll take Najee there. All right, DJ Moore. Ask me that after the draft. <laughs> <laughs> no, now. <laughs> well, with Sam if- Darnold, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if they get if they get, you know, Derek Carr or Rogers or something crazy like that, then of course I want DJ Moore. But right now I'd go Najee. All right, this is an interesting one. Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre. Well, I don't know. 
They're very similar players as far as yeah, uh, just because they're based on volume and targets. Yeah. And... Hey, I you... think Stevenson's got a little bit more juice than Najee, so I may go Stevenson there. I think their offense will improve as well. Ayuk, give me Ayuk. Yeah, I'll take Ayuk as well. I'm taking Ayuk. Tony Pollard. Pollard all day. Yeah, I'll go Pollard with that one. I'm taking Pollard. Bro, Pollard's so good. All right, let's move on. (laughs) Yeah. All right, our next guy is a guy that I admittedly am a hater of, and that is Ezekiel Elliott. I don't want him. I don't want him on my team. If you send me an offer with him in it, it's basically an auto-reject. That being said, his value is at an all-time low. Like, very much an all-time low. And to be fair... He still was decent last year. Like he he quietly put up a decent season. But the problem is, is that Zeke and acquiring Zeke is not going to be like a championship move, I don't think, unless something crazy happens. And so that's the problem for me is like who's really acquiring Zeke. And but but that being said, because he's not that, I think that you can use that to your advantage if you're a contender and trying to acquire him. Because I do think that he is worth acquiring if you are close because even if pollard is still there which there's a chance he may not be there that that zeke will still get his touches he will get his no matter what and so i think if you can i think i think you could probably get him for a second maybe at this point and that just depends on on what you would rather have if you'd rather have a rookie or if you'd rather potentially have you know, someone who can help you win a championship right away at the running back position. And that's really if you need a running back as a contender. It's kind of like the Rodgers thing to me where it's like, okay, if I need a quarterback and I'm a contender, then yeah, I should go get him. If I need like a second running back, I wouldn't I wouldn't count on him as your first running back if you're a contender. If, you, if you're counting on Zeke as your first running back, you're not a contender, truthfully, uh, unless you just have cracked wide receivers. But yeah, that's that's what I think. I think a second is probably worth it if you can maybe trade AJ Dillon for him. Uh, Damien, if you can get maybe you can get Zeke plus with if someone's really big on Damien Pierce. I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm taking I'm taking Dillon over Zeke. Really? Just, yeah, yeah, I am. That being said, Ezekiel Elliott's perceived value. I do agree with you that it's so low right now. An example, for example, keep, keep trade cut. Who's ranked higher, Daniel Bellinger or Ezekiel Elliott? Daniel Bellinger is ahead of him. Yes, Dawson Knox or Ezekiel Elliott. Give me, give me Zeke. I don't, I don't literally like Dawson, at all. Dawson Knox is ranked higher than him. Isaiah Likely is ranked higher than him. So it's just Josh Palmer, like a guy that we all like, but I mean, he's really not getting the work to have that high ranking. Zeke is a great yeah. depth piece on a contender. Send a third for him. Send a second. Send a really light second. Send two twelve. Send a twenty five second. You know, it's like he he's worth acquiring at that price. If he's going to be literally a dumpster dive price, he's worth acquiring, right? In my opinion, I'll I'll say as a Zeke manager, if you send a third or two twelve, I'm not taking that, even if I'm desperate. To be honest, and maybe other people are different, but that's just kind of. I would rather have a player retire on my team than get next to nothing. That's just me. Maybe someone else would do differently, but what you're saying about keep trade cut. What you're saying about keep trade cut 
is the reason why keep trade cut is not reliable and people are just it's just groupthink at that point it's crowdsourced though is that that that's why i'm using it because yeah i agree i'm just saying that's why it's it. like falsy because it just shows you that the community is like it's you just like hate zeke elliott and then suddenly right you know he's still giving you top 15 running back seasons regardless of what it looks like is it touchdown dependent yeah but guess what the jones family is committed to giving him the ball well, he was <laughs> he was running back 22 this year in ppr and that's a very usable asset. And yeah, but so. he missed two games, to right. be fair, and, and didn't play much in the it? last game. When did game. he come back? Did he come back week? When eight? he came back week 11, listen to this stretch, from week 11 to week 16, 17.7 points, 16.5, 18.10, 17.10, 15.10, 13.10. So it went down a little bit, but all of that, like you said, if you're a contender, you that's love that as a run. Yeah, that's what you want. You want a guy that you can have on the end of your bench that somebody gets hurt. Hey, I can plug in Zeke, and he can give me something. And him and Pollard were both top eight running backs to finish off the season. He had nine straight games with at least one touchdown. He's he's a great buy right now, even though he is, I don't know, he's getting older. It's true, but he's a good buy. Now, if you can sell him for a younger guy that's better than him. I mean, obviously do that, but I don't know who's going to do that at this point. Right. What if you get like Tyler Algier? Yeah, I take Algier. I just, just, just because even though he probably, I mean, the odds are that he might get replaced this, this draft. Or they just add another guy like him. Yeah. They add another guy like him, which, but Algier showed me something. He showed me enough to trust him moving forward. For sure. All right, Joel, why don't you tell us about your uh, your lover? <laughs> well, not Daniel, talking about his wife. Daniel Jones is a quarterback who I fought for. I defended him all year. And here we are. I have no idea what's going to happen this offseason. <laughs> so that's either his peak or he'll just in, he'll stay with Brian Dabble and be good. I don't know. But I think I've and I've seen a few other uh, podcasts talk about him just in trade stuff. And I think you're at a point where a mid first, I'll think about it. But I wouldn't. That's not like an auto accept to me. Like 106, I think I would rather Daniel Jones. But once you push into the top five of a rookie pick this season, I'll, I'll take the pick. But I think a mid first and a late. A mid first or a late first just wouldn't do it for a starting quarterback who I'm assuming is going to get a contract of some sort and make it happen. Uh, I mean, he limited his turnovers. He scored touchdowns. He got the yards. He didn't make those mistakes we saw at the beginning of his career. And it's likely because of coaching, because the players around him outside of Saquon were terrible. And then Isaiah Hodgins came on late. He's fun, but I don't think it's a sustainable wide receiver room or tight end room, really. And so I'm just hoping that they add to him. But as far as trading for him, it's got to be 104 or higher. Duh. 105 is likely. 106 is where the value is right, but I don't know if this draft class 
I don't know if this draft class has what I want at 106 to give you a starting quarterback for that pick. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with that. I mean, unless you like, I I really believe in JSN. So the only way that I would do that type of a trade, if I had Daniel Jones, is if I also had like two other really good quarterbacks on my team. Like you said, he's a starter, and in a super flex, that's super valuable, super important. And he was pretty good last year. I mean, I hate to say it, hate to be wrong about that but to be fair most everyone was wrong about that so doesn't hurt too bad but yeah I I mean I like Daniel Jones all right he's not a guy that I am banging the door down trying to get but if I'm a contender that has or or if I'm like a a team that's like kind of kind of young needs needs maybe one more quarterback I would I would take a swing at him for sure if you can get him for the for the right price, which I kind of agree is kind of like that late first, maybe late first in a third territory for him. I can't really get down for a late first, but I see what you're saying. I think I think he could be added as a QB two for any team, regardless of where you unless your window's not going to start until 2025 or later. Mm. I think you can take him on as your QB two regardless of context. Because he's young enough, especially if he gets a contract that's more than a year or two. It's all trending that he's going to get a pretty big contract, at least thirty million or above. It, it, the number keeps climbing. Right. Um, it seems like they're not going to be able to pay Saquon as well. Like he's going to have to pay. On, he's going to have to play under the tag, which he might do. He might not. I have no clue. But if I have Daniel Jones, basically, bro, I'm trying to tear up. Like he's he's at QB twelve right now on keep trade cut crowdsourced i know but man if you can if i can get someone like dak you add a second to him even like deshaun watson like i think i'd take him over him you could go and get kyler at a second with him at at a second with daniel jones um i'm trying to tear up dude if you can somehow get justin fields with with daniel jones like i'm i'm doing that like i'm I'm just doing that um i think he's a great guy I, I view him similar to London to where you could move. You could do a lot of different things with him. If you're a Trey Lance believer, I kind of am. I would tear down to Trey Lance. I would tear down to a guy like, uh, man, Kenny Pickett's kind of hard. Maybe, maybe. The thing with Jones maybe. is he does have that rushing upside, which helps. He does. And I, I don't dislike him at all. I just think that depending on what you want to do with him, you have a, I wish I had Daniel Jones right now just because I think there's a lot of possibilities with what you could do. I would consider potentially tearing down and getting Jared Goff. I know he's not young, but he's in a really good situation. Mm-hmm. Now, ask me that after the draft. You know, <laughs> he might get, they might get the quarterback of the, of the future perceived in the draft, but I, I'm really high on Jared Goff, to be fair. I think. A good thing is if you have Daniel Jones and you're nervous about him being on the Giants and Saquon not, the good thing is Saquon has already come out publicly and said that he's not trying to reset the market with his next contract. And so while that, you know, that doesn't guarantee he's going to continue to be a New York Giant, I think it's good that he's not trying to get a historical contract and maybe he'll give some favor to the Giants since they're the team that drafted him. 
But I think you don't, I think at the end of the day, you don't want your team to hinge on Daniel Jones being good. And so if you don't have to rely on him and you're keeping him or you're going after him, don't let him be your QB one because he's simply the risk is not worth it to me. But if he's your QB two and he returns, he repeats this season next year, you're happy. You're really happy. And if they just get some help uh, around him, like with all the injuries they had at wide receiver, I mean, he was a top 10 quarterback. Go get DeAndre Hopkins. (laughs) I mean, they might. And the thing, the crazy thing is he was a top 10 quarterback with only 15 passing touchdowns and under 3,500 passing yards. That rushing upside is huge for for him because I, I do think that he can continue to improve as a passer. So we're going to move on to our favorite segment, Fair or Fleece, where we take trades that we're seeing across our leagues and analyze those, pick a side, and see what that looks like moving forward. And so our first trade is going to be Side A gets Khalil Herbert, 24 first, and the 112 Devi pick. Now, this is going to be for the 2024 class and beyond. Side B gets Latavius Murray and DK Metcalf. What do you guys think? Latavius Murray is like close to a zero. I like DK, but... You got Khalil Herbert, a 2024 first, which, to be fair, this is a Devi league, so the firsts in the league are kind of wonky. They're, I think, more so valued as like a late first, uh, early second, or second rounds. And then Devi pick 112, which, you know, if you go with a, a guy who's not as highly rated, uh, or you could go with a, like a highly rated freshman and just hope that they can they actually hit it's a really interesting trade i i like the side a personally just because i i do think herbert is is something colby what do you think yeah i'm taking the dk side murray is kind of whatever he's going to be back up to he we probably will resign him so he'll be usable at some point i guess but i like dk i think herbert is good but when you have a difference maker at receiver i just rather have DK, but it's not, it's not a fleece. It, it's, I, I think it's fair. It's definitely not a fleece. Yeah, definitely not a fleece. They bring back Latavius Murray. Sean Payton's already said they are going to add to the running back position in the draft. Does that concern you for Javante? No, it actually as helps a, as a Broncos It helps. Fan. It helps a lot because we need to keep him healthy. So um, I even agree. in fantasy as well, it helps. So where I'm at with this trade is both sides have their risk taken on. I think on side A, you are risking those college players being good pros. And I think side B is just simply hinging on DK continuing to be a top 13 receiver or whatever, wherever you have him, a top asset. And so they both have their risks. Obviously, picks are more flexible. But I think if you're looking for the immediate elite talent, DK gets you exactly that. For sure. So moving on to our second offer, or our second trade, uh, side A gets David and Joku, the 2023-106, and a 2025 second. Side B receives Alvin Kamara, Kadarius Toney, and Adam Thielen. 
Best ball 12 team, by the way. Super best flex. Ball. So with best ball, obviously that's kind of where you'd be fine holding on to Thielen personally. Just and and Tony, like you said, Joel, I think he does add both those players add more value in this format. That being said, even though I'm not an Njoku guy, 106, you're probably looking at uh the wide receiver one in this class or or if things go crazy, you know, who knows with the quarterbacks, you know, five quarterbacks or four, not five, four quarterbacks might go in the first few picks, you know, and then Bijan, and then you're sitting at 106, you might get Gibbs potentially. I'm not saying it'll happen, but, and then the 2025 second, I think the 2025, 2025 class is going to be pretty solid. I'm going to go with side a, because I, I just think that it adds more value long-term. I'm going side A as well. I like Njoku a lot. Um, I think he's going to be a good player moving forward. He's athletic. He's got Deshaun Watson. So I'm not big. Obviously, Deshaun Watson, I just, it's hard. It's really just hard to evaluate him just in general. Yeah. But strictly football, he's good. Um, I think he'll be better with a full offseason. Um, I think Njoku will benefit from that a lot. 106, it's a good pick. I'll definitely take 106. And then 25 seconds is good. I really don't care for Thielen at all. Kamara is. Obviously, an elite player, but just in general, I think you can replace him with a 106. The way I'm looking at it is this. I would rather have Njoku over Thielen. I would rather have 106 over Kamara, and I would rather have a 25 second probably over Tony. It's close. It's close. So give me something. Not a fleece, though. And Kamara might be facing a suspension, too, for all we know. Yeah, so uh, side A was me. I'm tearing it down in that league. I got rid of some older guys, Jerry Henry, Thielen. I figured it was time to get rid of Kamara as well. And Tony was just kind of the player that I needed to put it over. It would be crazy if it was like a tight end premium, but it's not. So we're going to move on to the third trade, which is my favorite simply because it's between myself and Colby. Ooh. And so side A receives Deontay Johnson Rashid Shahid and the 2023-212. And side B receives the 2023-110 and 206 Philly. Go ahead and start us off. I think this is probably equal. Like, I think it's pretty fair. That being said, Joel, I didn't like this trade for you just because of team context, but I get it. Uh, but I will say... Deontay is probably better than the 110 overall. Shahid, I think, is maybe worth a little less than the 206, but then you got the 212 back. So barring all team context and everything like that, I'll take side A, but I didn't love it for your team, just truthfully. But that's just my opinion on it. I don't think this is a fleece at all. I thought it was a pretty fair trade. I prefer my side. Obviously, I made the trade. Um, <laughs> and Deontay, who I do like, I just, I just rather re-roll and get a younger guy, um, yeah. stay youthful. Um, Shahid, I just picked him up off waivers to to get a two hundred six or move up six spots. Essentially, I'm taking that. Um, I really like the middle rounds of a Superflex draft right now and like 206, 205 because there's just a lot of really good running backs that are going to be taken in that area that I think could be 
really worth that pick. So that's why I made this trade. Yeah, I didn't think I was really giving up too much. Um, for me, my perspective on it was, again, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, I do believe Deontay has a better than wide receiver 30 season simply because he's going to score more than zero touchdowns. That's just an anomaly. Yeah. Rashid Shahid, he kind of got me with the homerism, though I do think he brings something to the team that no one else does with the Saints. And he's fun. He's more of a speculative play, but if he becomes a a weekly flex play, I'm like really excited about that. And I also think that my team needs to get filled out. And I didn't think it would get filled out for what my team needs there with the 110 and 206, especially because I don't necessarily want to take on some running backs right now. And I felt not locked into a running back, obviously, with a pick. You're not locked into anything. Yeah. But I felt like doing mocks and watching other people do mocks, it felt like running backs were just kind of had to be taken there. And with me also having the 208, I feel like 208 and 212 can bring me some good things. Historically, there have been good players there in the draft. And for all I know, I could combo those to go back into the early second or, you know, whatever. True. And so I um, I do think both Colby and I got good value for what we were looking for. And it was fun. I think that was one of those days where Colby and I... Uh, I mean, y'all went texting. back and forth a lot on that trade. Multiple days. Back and forth. Multiple days. It was, it was interesting to watch. It was, it was just one of those times where we woke up and we texted each other and we're like, I have to make a trade today. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> Which happens. We made, it, we made it happen, though. We did make it happen. Definitely. Well, sweet. This has been a great episode. Uh, thank you so much for all the support that y'all have given yes. us. And, uh, you know, we've, we have just crossed over 200 listens overall, which is a really, really awesome uh, thing. We're really grateful for that. Uh, we won't cut this too much longer, but uh, guys, y'all have any closing thoughts or anything? No, I, thank you so much for the support. Like you said, our email, cfgpod at gmail.com. Send us your trades that you've made uh send us any questions or anything you'd want to see featured on the show any improvements we have we'd love to hear it well sweet i'm colby i'm joel i'm philly and this has been the committed football guys podcast see ya